listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hello, everyone. I trust you had a wonderful weekend, a good, good Friday, and a joyful Resurrection Sunday. We sure did around here in in southeastern Iowa. On Friday, our church joined with five other smaller churches in the area and had a combined Good Friday service, and it was a reflective yet joyful time. And I tell you, what a blessing to stand up and sing beautiful hymns, old and new, with the family of God. Two hymns that came to mind right away that I remember singing. I have a short-term memory, by the way. So amazing. It's amazing I'm remembering these right now. But I remember singing Lead Me to Calvary and the Power of the Cross. We had special music as well during the communion, and all of it just pointed to the meaning of salvation and the price that Jesus paid on the cross for our sin. And of course, it's not Sad Friday or Morning Friday. It's called Good Friday for a reason. And what makes it good for us is, for those of us who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, is that it all points to our endless victory in Jesus and the freedom and future we have in Him. We had just over 200 voices singing together, which is about five times more than we're used to, so it was a treat. The church we met in had one of those tall, triangular wooden ceilings. I'm sure there's a better name for it, maybe A-frame, and we had an organist and a pianist, and the sound was just amazing. I put a bug in my husband's ear, who is part of that pastoral fellowship that organized the service, and said, we should get together every so often for a combined hymn sing. And I think it might happen. How cool would that be? Anyway, for those who are new or somewhat new to the podcast, I am a hymn aficionado who explores hymns from the perspective of a lay person aka your average church member, because I'm not a musician, I'm not in a choir, I'm not on a worship team, and I don't do special music. Sometimes I think maybe I could, and then I hear myself. <laughs> no, I, I um, sometimes, maybe it depends on the actual range, but there's sometimes I sing around the house, and I think it sounds good, but then it's not too long afterward, I I hear myself and I totally get I get wrong notes. So um, there, there's some work that <laughs> that I would need to work through if I were to ever take this public. Anyway, I do have the privilege of selecting hymns for our church's Sunday morning service, and I am grateful for the actual musicians who will stop me if I pick something they know our congregation doesn't know, or if it's not quite as singable as we want it to be. And I also write a little hymn snippet each week, and the music leader will read that before we sing that hymn. So I am grateful for that role. But the reason I tell you I'm not a musician is this. Hymns aren't just for musical people. They are for everyone. And it is my hope that I'm a good example to you, whether you're a musical person or not, to appreciate hymns 
and share them with others for the purpose of edification and sanctification. You can do this by singing hymns congregationally. No worries if you're not musical. You can still make a joyful noise, right? Or if you are musical, you can sing hymns as special music in your church or in your choir, or you can write them out on a note card and give that to a fellow believer for encouragement. Or you can just talk about your favorite hymns with others and why they are meaningful to you. There is a reason God put Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 in his word. God has a purpose for hymns beyond the pew. Another way of saying that is beyond the Sunday morning song service. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Hymns Illustrated exist to help you live out this purpose, and to do that, we have a hymn every month we focus on, breaking it down every week here on the podcast, and then we also have additional hymn devotional resources available through Hymns for Life membership, which helps you take your study a little bit further. And if that's something you would like to learn more about, you can over at hymnsillustrated.com slash join. And when you join, you are helping keeping this podcast going, and it's a mutually beneficial way to support Hymns Illustrated. All right, you know the drill. We keep these episodes short and sweet, and we will start today by remembering our hymn of the month. Then I'll introduce you or perhaps reacquaint you with a new or little known hymn. And then we will close with a takeaway challenge to help you put Colossians 3.16 into practice. Thine be the glory is our hymn of the month. Endless is the victory is our theme for the month. And Christ is praiseworthy is our theme for today as we look at stanza two. This is a short hymn, so just three stanzas, if you will recall. So I'll go ahead and read it now, asking you to especially listen to the second stanza. Our hymn goes like this. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is the victory thou or death has won. Angels in bright raiment rolled the stone away, kept the folded grave clothes where thy body lay. And the refrain, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is the victory thou or death has won. Lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let the church with gladness hymns of triumph sing. For her Lord now liveth, death has lost its sting. No more we doubt thee, glorious Prince of life. Life is not without thee. Aid us in our strife. Make us more than conquerors through thy deathless love. Bring us safe through Jordan to thy home above. So just a few thoughts to help you think through stanza two this week. Stanza two takes us back to the scenes where Jesus appears to his disciples. And when you read those post-resurrection accounts in scripture, you get a clear sense of just how personal Christ's love for us is. So the first point I want you to see is Christ is worthy of our praise because he loves us personally. Look how Christ shows love 
for Mary Magdalene as an individual after his resurrection from the tomb. In John 20, we read, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. And I hope that you noticed all of the very personal touches to that account. Christ calling her Mary, and how she called him my Lord, and how she clung to him um, in order for him to say, do not cling to me. And if you read the other resurrection accounts, you will also see how personal he was. He was very careful about making sure Peter was included because Peter had denied him. He was very personal with Thomas, showing him his wounds to um, prove to him that he was alive. Uh, So the first point is that Christ is worthy of our praise because his love for us is very personal. He cares for us as individuals. The second point is Christ is worthy of our praise because he is our Lord and our triumphant head. The structure of the church, Christ's bride, isn't directly mentioned here in this stanza, but it's implied in the phrases, let the church with gladness and for her Lord now liveth. This hymn was written well over 100 years ago, and yet we can confidently say that the same church the author Edmund Boudry is addressing in this hymn is the same church we see today, the same church we are part of today. We are mentioned in this hymn, and that should excite us. But what should excite us even more is our Lord now liveth. He is Lord and he is our Lord. This denotes authority and his headship that we also see in Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Christ is worthy because he is our Lord and our head. 
And the last point I want to make is Christ is worthy of our praise because he has taken the sting out of our death. Now we know that the wages or the punishment of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 6.23. And we also know that when Christ died, we died too. In other words, the punishment of our sin is all taken care of. Christ paid it all. The sting or the punishment of our death is gone now thanks to the crucified and resurrected Jesus. Romans 6, 6 6-8 helps us understand this concept a bit more. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 56 lays this all out for us nicely. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God indeed for giving us the victory through Christ who is worthy of our praise because his love for us is personal, because he has full authority as our Lord and head of the church, and because he took the sting out of death for us. Now it's time to discover a new or little-known hymn together, but before we do, I want to invite you to share a hymn testimonial here on the podcast. We've been blessed with several wonderful stories about hymns and why they are meaningful to you, but like I shared last time, the well is dry and we need some more testimonials. It's easy to do. You can either write your testimonial out and email it to me, or you can record it on your phone in a video or audio recording and send it to Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. That's Kristen with a K, ending in E-N at hymnsillustrated.com. I'm looking for short testimonials under two minutes that name a favorite hymn, why it's meaningful to you, and just maybe a little bit about yourself. For a little more guidance, you can go over to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. For our Discovery Hymn, I'm going to read to you another resurrection hymn by the prolific hymn writer Charles Wesley, Come, Let Us With Our Lord Arise. Come, let us with our Lord arise, our Lord who made both earth and skies, who died to save the world he made and rose triumphant from the dead. He rose the Prince of Life and Peace and stamped the day forever his. This is the day the Lord has made, that all may see his love displayed, may feel his resurrection's power, and rise again to fall no more. 
in perfect righteousness renewed and filled with all the life of God. Then let us render him his own, with solemn prayer approach his throne, with meekness hear the gospel word, with thanks his dying love record, our joyful hearts and voices raise, and fill his courts with songs of praise. And now it's time to take it with you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. If you don't know the tune yet, to thine be the glory, our hymn of the month, go to hymnary.org, that's H-Y-M-N-A-R-Y.org, and search for it, and you could probably YouTube it as well, but go ahead and find the tune and play it. I tend to focus more on the text of our hymns, but when you have a good tune, it just helps the text and the truth it has in it uh, just stick with you even more. So I hope that you will do that anytime I mention a hymn or read the lyrics to a hymn. If you can find the tune somewhere and play it, you will be the better for it. I promise. That is all for now, folks. I wish you a wonderful weekend ahead. We have one more episode left focusing on Thine Be the Glory. And next week, we'll cover the final stanza, stanza three. So in stanza one, if you'll recall, we saw that Christ was glory worthy. Today, we saw that Christ is praiseworthy. And next week, Lord willing, we will see that he is trustworthy. And I look forward to that. I will probably even give you a sneak peek of what the hymn of the month is for May. Until next time, keep your hymnal open and I will be back soon. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Thank you.